We're recording now? We are recording now. This is great. Great. Take two. Take two. Take two. He's Rob Witzel. I'm Logan Lee. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Uh, this is uh, Logan and Rob's Movie Dojo Casa House, for lack of a better name. Um, we're going to take this the second time. Rob, how are you? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. I'm doing much better now that the record button has been pushed. <laughs> And that this will, this version will eventually be out on the internet. That's that's wonderful. Uh, that's wonderful. It's good to see you. Uh, thank you, uh, listeners, whoever you are, wherever you are. Uh, thank you for checking in with us. Um, this is our third go of this. Uh, Going to try to do this on a monthly basis, as we have been. We're about a week or so behind from where we've been normally doing this. I think uh, I've been. Uh, I've been traveling a little bit the last few weeks, so I haven't been able to to get in front of my computer um, to do a show, but um, we're here now. We're here now. We got some movies to talk about, some TV shows to talk about. Uh, Rob, I know you've been doing some some traveling, some some things for, for, for the book, for Super Penguin. I know uh, you were up in my area, sort of, again, uh, not long ago. Knox isn't exactly uh, down the road from me, but... Uh, I know you were you were up there. We'll talk about that here shortly. But but things are good for you. Yeah, things are going great. Um, yeah, a couple. I think it was two weekends ago now. So whenever September thirtieth was, uh, but yeah, I was in Knox for the Beyond the Book Festival at the Stark County Public Library, and it was really cool. You know, I a lot of the times I go to these events, and I'm like the book guy at a superhero thing, and this time I was the superhero guy at a book thing. So it was kind of fun <laughs> flipping that around, and uh, but I had a really good time. Uh, got to be a part of a panel and kind of share my story with people that are there. Uh, it was a great showing. I'm always a little bit nervous. Library events sometimes are hit or miss, um, and this one was a hit. We uh, had lots of people stop by the table, sold a lot of books and stuffed penguins, and had a really fun time. Um, but yeah, it was good. So we've talked. We've talked. On the show in the past, uh, you know, and I, I'm just kind of curious again, like this whole process. I mean, I think I know, like, you know, how the process is with with the other, um, you know, conventions and expos and things you go to. You basically you get a table, you set up there. How do these things work at libraries? Like traveling all the way to Knox, Indiana. Like, how does that? How does that come about? How do you find that? How do they find you? How does that process work? So it's what was cool for this one. It was it's all about relationship building and getting our names out there. So we were invited to this because uh, Nicole who runs the library was at the hall of heroes comic-con way back in March. And so she was kind of making the rounds, finding authors. Hey, I'm going to have this book festival thing later this year. Would love to be a part of it or would love for us to be a part of it. And we said, yeah, send us your information. And we uh, had an opening in the schedule. So ran with it and, um, you know, and it was cool to be able. We I did a a podcast episode or an interview on YouTube with them, and got to talk a lot about superheroes and that kind of thing. And um, it was a lot of fun, though. How many other like authors were were at that? <clears throat> there were like thirty of us, I think. I I didn't get an oh, exact wow. head count, but everything I read was over thirty, so somewhere in that range. And and it was That's neat awesome. that there was a whole different range of horror and. Um, children's literature and historical stuff and nonfiction fiction. It was a, a good blend of all sorts of things. 
That's uh, that's really cool. Yeah, Knox isn't too terribly far away from me. I've only been there once. Uh, not that this is relevant at all, but it's just kind <laughs> of a fun little story. Knox is like an hour away from me. And uh, a couple years ago, this was like 2019, I think. Um, basically, long story short, I was trying to digitize all of my family home video tapes, cassettes. Okay. Uh, VHSs and you know the the smaller video camera stuff. I needed uh, the the camera that my family that I had uh, stopped working, but I had all the tapes I still needed to convert. Uh, so I just happened to find a a video recorder on Facebook Marketplace um, that would I thought would work with the cassettes that I needed, and it was located in Knox. <laughs> Okay. So on some random Tuesday night in November, <laughs> I took off from work and drove an hour away and met somebody at some sketchy gas station on the edge <laughs> of town uh, to do a handoff of a video recorder <laughs> so that I could convert the rest of my family uh, home videos. Um, so that's really my only experience in Knox. It seemed like a lovely place, but again, it was <laughs> seven o'clock at night in November Um you know, that's all about, that's about all I got, but, uh, you know, hour away, it's, it's, you know, that's, I, I'm a little bit familiar from with that location. I've never been to the Stark County library though. Yeah. It was that's a, not where the meetup took place at. It was a pretty cool library. I, I know that, you know, it's not always the most exciting places to, to be, but, uh, they, they, you could tell this community was very much invested in it, both in terms of what they, you know, had and, um, the financially supported, but also, like I said earlier, sometimes you go to these things, especially at libraries, and there's nobody there. And this ended up being one of our best-selling events for the whole year, and that includes places like Chicago conventions that have 60,000 people show up. Um, so it was great. It was cool to see them support um, you know, small, no-name authors. Um, and, and the conversations are always my favorite part, getting to learn a little bit about people, telling my story with them getting um just making those connections and talking and find out a lot of people really love superheroes and got to talk about that which is one of my favorite things in the world to talk about well we're going to talk about some superhero stuff here here yes shortly. we are that gets you excited <clears throat> that's that's a lot of, of why we're here uh real quick before we get into that uh what do you have coming up with with the book is your 2023 calendar winding down do you have some other things on the docket what's next for you yeah so we have three more events one of them will be this weekend actually on sunday we're going to go back to bloomington indiana we were there last year for the indiana toy and comic expo um you know bloomington where i went to school so near and dear to my heart and kind of my home away from home so Excited to be there. Going to stop by Mother Bear's Pizza and get a Divine Swine, my go-to uh, order, my favorite pizza place there. Um, and then um, in November, early November, we'll be in Effingham for an event. Um, the I think it's called EffingCon, if I'm correct. And then we'll finish out the year December. <laughs> it's a great name. It's probably my the best named convention we'll go to all year. Um, oh, that's good. And then there's a Raptor Con down in Evansville, Indiana. So we'll we'll wrap up there. Uh, Mick Foley, um, I think, and uh, a couple guys from the Mallrats um, movie will will be in attendance. So 
I'll share off some stories after that with seeing those guys and we'll share it here in the podcast, probably in our January edition. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Have you met Mick Foley before? I have. My dad and I went to uh, also kind of a story within a story. So um, I saw that there was going to be event in I think it was Lafayette, Indiana, where Mick Foley basically just it's almost like stand up comedy, but just kind of telling stories. Um, and for like 20 bucks, you could get a ticket. And for like 30 bucks, you could meet Mick Foley after. So, of course, um, you know, paid a little bit extra to to meet the hardcore legend. Um, my dad and I had listened to an audiobook of his together on a very long car ride about his experiences as Santa Claus, which I would um, – St. Mick, I think is the name. Um, one of my favorite books, and it's – I love the biography auto, audio books that are told by the author. So it was fun to hear, you know, uh, my dad who probably – I don't know if he's ever watched any wrestling. It was always like that thing that was on TV that, oh, dad, stop here. And he's no, we're not watching that. Or he'd catch me in my room and like, why are you watching this stupid stuff? Um, but to his credit, he went with me to Lafayette last year. I think it was last year, maybe a year before. Um, it was a ton of fun hearing stories, and he's a great storyteller. And so I'm excited to see him again. Very cool. Yeah, he came to South Bend. Uh, I think it might have been my first or second year with the Cubs, so like 2015, 2016. I, I mean, I had a very brief interaction with him, but uh, he was – he was a good guy. He was a good guy. All right. What do you want to talk about first? Uh, do you want to get into, do you want to do big brother? Do you want to, do you want to do Ahsoka, uh, Loki? What What are you thinking? Where do you want to start this thing? we got a few things to talk about today. Yeah, man. I, you know, I think we're kind of still in the middle of big brother. I know you didn't watch the most recent episode, but. It's... Or, or do we talk about the trade we made in fantasy football and how you are already <laughs> wanting me to trade Brock Purdy back to you? You know, that's <laughs> Is that how we should start. Our show? Yeah, I, th- I think we should. So I feel like it was a very fair trade. <laughs> you, you gave up Jahan Dotson, a young, but talented wide receiver. I gave you my third quarterback on my roster with Jordan love and Anthony, Anthony Richardson being my other two. So Purdy was buried on my bench. You were loaded at wide receiver. Dotson was buried on your bench. Very much felt like and felt like it was a fair trade for both of us. It was yeah. mutually beneficial. I I have a tendency to be blamed for some unfair trades and some swindling of my league mates. Did not feel like this was one of those situations where I had to sweet talk anybody into making a bad decision. Um, <laughs> and then Anthony Richardson gets hurt. I forget that bye weeks exist. And next thing I know, I'm scavenging through the the waiver wire to try to find somebody. But I think I'm I think I'm I'm comfortable. I'm going to stay where I'm at. We'll we'll get Jordan Love back next week after his week off, and we'll continue our uh, championship rain, uh, run. I uh, just so from my perspective, uh, I was rocking with. Uh, my quarterback situation is Joe Burrow, who, as everyone knows, is hurt and has been struggling. <clears throat> I'm not getting much out of him. My backup is Desmond Ritter, who up until this past week had done nothing. So I was thinking, like, if I'm going to compete, Joe Burrow will be fine three weeks from now. But I need somebody that can get me there. So we make this deal. I get Brock Purdy. I'm sitting pretty. 
going into like again i'm on vacation this past week so i'm not like totally paying attention like i set my lineup everything was fine i don't remember who i played this past week um i was up pretty good at one point and then i checked it again and my win probability had skyrocketed the other direction. Um, and then I ended up losing. I now have one win to start the season in this league. Um, I'm, I'm not upset with that I acquired Brock Purdy because until Joe Burrow is back and I'm 100% comfortable with him, I'm fine with rocking with Brock Purdy. I need another running back badly. If I'm going to have any future in winning anything in this league this year, I need a second running back. So uh, if anybody in our league is listening to this, um, I'm willing to shop a quarterback for a running back. Um, but yeah, that's kind of that. So if you want Brock Purdy back, uh, we can discuss it, but I definitely need a running back. Yeah. Week. We'll look at it off the air and so. see if we can make a, a deal that makes sense and okay. maybe swap some draft picks Great. or something. But anyway, <laughs> so big brother. All right. And then the last the last oh. thing I wanted to ask you before we got to Big Brother. Okay. Was I right when I texted you Friday night? I turned on <laughs> you and Eric Westfall, the War Eagle calling the Oakwood High School, whoever they were playing game. And I heard you guys make a comment about you talked to one of the Oakwood coaches and they said something about how they weren't happy with their play in the first half. And I texted you and I said, I'm sure that this coach who I'm not going to name language was a lot more colorful than that. Was I correct? And who the, I was assuming the coach was, I will say you are 200% language is more colorful. You are 200% correct in that one. Yes, it is exactly who you thought it was. And two, yes, there was a censored version that we revealed to our listening audience. In that as those are as, we did as, not use the same uh, parts of the anatomy that he used for that uh, analogy. As soon as I heard you guys say that, I knew exactly who you were talking to, and I knew exactly the language that he used. All right. Anyway, we're gonna move on. <laughs> Big Brother. Um, yes, I have not seen last night's episode. Tuesday night, I was traveling. I did not get back to late last night. I've not had a chance to watch it, but I do know uh, this is a Bowie Jane HOH week. I do know who she nominated. I just don't know what happened with the POV and all that stuff. Um, my thoughts are so my thoughts I had after sun, watching Sunday's episode were just let Bowie Jane have her HOH week. Yeah. Like, why? Everybody and, and again, this is like this is an editing thing. Like they're cramming in, you know, all this hours of time into three forty-five minute episodes a week. Like I get it, and it's an editing. It's like whatever, but like they made the whole episode out to be this side of the house versus this side of the house. This side wants this person to be up. This side wants this person to be up. This side's talking to Bowie Jane about who they should put up. This side's talking about Bowie, but to Bowie about who she put up. Just let Bowie have her HOH. Like, why does this have to be about everybody else and what everybody else wants? She is putting up two people who she thinks are legitimate contenders. They're both sides of these house of the house are trying to act like Sari is is nothing to be scared of, or even Felicia for that matter. Felicia literally nearly just won that that HOH competition. Yeah. So we're sitting here acting like she's not a threat. I understand where they're coming from. I watched this show long enough to know like some of the, how some of this stuff works. But both Sari and Felicia can be considered threats. I get that it's not Cameron and it's not 
Corey, who each others want to put up because they think are the bigger threats, which I understand. But let Bowie have her HOH. Let's not make it about everybody else and what everybody else wants. I was very I, frustrated at the end of that episode, so I'm glad I got it out. I'll, I'll toss it. <laughs> well, toss I 100% agree, and I think I think even when this when the game starts and we don't get to always see it, but everybody's a threat. Everybody has at least right. one skill, and sometimes it's two or three. But either they're very good at the social aspect, they're very good at puzzles, they're physically uh, strong. There's everybody has something, so everyone right now is a threat one way or another. Um, it's just how do your threats, how do your strengths match up to these other threats, and, and what goes on? If you were frustrated on Sunday, buckle up because <laughs> last night's episode was Great. more of the same with a with a competition thrown in there. Um, yeah, and, and and they're all right, but at the same time, my favorite part from Sunday's episode was um, you had uh, who was it? I think Jag, Matt. America and Corey all hanging out in one of the rooms and Cameron walks in and they're, they were talking about yeah. him. They're trying to, you know, save face or quick change of subject. And they, and they, and they say, Oh, we're just talking about noms and Cameron with the, with the line of the season delivers a, Oh, are one of you secretly the HOH? And I lost it. I thought that was just yes. a great one line comeback that yep. is exactly what we're yep. like. You guys are, I mean, at least have Bowie Jane in the room if you're going to try to pitch her on something. But it's like the pre-meeting to the meeting of, hey, here's how we're going to manipulate her. And they might not even be you know, all working together. They go behind each other's backs, and it was just a ton of talking. Uh, my wife Haley even you know, brought that up. We were kind of up against the Packer game starting Monday night when we finally watched Sunday's yeah. episode. And so we were getting ready to change over, and she was like, man, are they – they're just all talking this episode. All that's happening is talking about what what we're all going to make Bowie Jane do. So, kudos to her. It feels like she's, you know, at least with her noms, she made a decision. I told you off air that this episode um, doesn't end with the veto meeting like most episodes do. It's the conversation right before that led up to it. So um, Thursday, I'm sh- they'll start with that and then probably move into the right. Um, evictions and such but um yeah i was excited to see bowie jane because i think you start seeing the patterns of the same people being hoh and how those things go and then that curveball of oh this person's kind of just been floating and kind of there and she's in power now like it's I, i always love those weeks because it's just a little bit chaotic a little bit anything can happen you don't know where they're going you don't know their master plan so I'm always excited for these weeks, and I, I hate seeing the the pressure that all these other people try to put on her, but I think she's going to do what she wants to do in the end. And that's what you're supposed to do. It's Absolutely. not supposed to be about what other people in the house want. Uh, and if I'm Bowie Jane, I don't care who I piss off because I don't think that house sees her as a threat. So she's not going to be public enemy, public enemy number one, even if she pisses somebody off. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to be going after each other. I think right now there's probably three parts of the house kind of going at each other. Is if if I'm kind of seeing this right, and Bowie's just kind of in the middle. I don't think she's really aligned with anybody. Um, but uh, again, I haven't seen the most recent episode, so I I don't know like, where things are at the moment. But that's just kind of how I've seen it up to this point. 
Um, thoughts on where we're at now? Um, thoughts on, you know, how this maybe shakes out, you know, not necessarily this week, but, you know, coming weeks uh, as we get closer and closer to a, a finale that I believe is about a month from today, actually. Uh, I think it's on November, on November 11th, I think. Um, so I haven't done the math on that. If that checks out in terms of number of house guests, I'm sure there's at least one more double eviction in there because there seems like quite a few people left, but we have reached jury at least. Um, but kind of thoughts where, where we're at, who you like, who do you think's going to, going to take this thing, at least go far. Who's in trouble. What do you got? Yeah. I like, you know, the survivor fan in me is always team Sari. Her, even though she's on the block, I don't think she's in a terrible position. But I don't know that she has the resume. She, she hasn't done anything on the resume. And so, you know, I don't know that avoiding the block as long as she did is really, it's not as, you know, on Survivor, oh, I didn't get any votes all season is kind of an accomplishment. Never being on the block just because you were never, ever a threat or not getting on the block until late isn't really an accomplishment on Big Brother. And so uh, even Felicia has an HOH and nearly a second HOH that she could kind of tout around. Um, the Minutemen, Jag and Matt, I think, are, are a great yeah. duo right now. If I'm not mistaken, Matt, has Matt seen the block? I don't think so. So, I mean, I don't think <clears> he's so. won a few comps. He's not been the comp beast. I, I think he's in a great position. He has a, a strong ally. Socially, He everyone loves him. And I don't think, even though he's a threat, there's still, I think people see Jag as more of a threat. They see Cameron as more of a threat. And so, I, you know, I'm really pulling for Matt. I think he's in a good position. Um, and he's kind of, you kind of see him strategically trying to get Sari to stick around because he likes having her on it as a, a support for him that not everyone else is aligned with. So those are probably, I think, I think Matt's my favorite right now to, to come away with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so, um, going into just about every big brother season, traditionally, I tend to pull for the people that I know are fans of the show. Yeah. Not, you know, the whole super fan. I hate when they mention the word super fan, but like every year and it's very noticeable whether or not you follow the live feeds or follow anything like that. It's pretty noticeable who is familiar with the show and who's not familiar with the show. And it's usually about a 50, 50 split. Um, at least familiar with the show. Um, Matt clearly had no idea <laughs> what this thing was. Uh, did not understand anything. Um, the whole Josh Jamel thing. Like he literally thought he was going to be hanging out with Josh Jamel for 24 hours or whatever it was. Uh, Matt had no clue on the flip side. Corey, huge fan of the show. His brother was on survivor. He knew Survivor up and down. He's he knows Big Brother up and down. So going in, like I was really high. I like Corey, and I wasn't. I didn't really love Matt. Those two have kind of flipped for me. Um, I, Corey, I really liked, but he's really he's starting to kind of even annoy me, and I'm not even in the house with him. Um, and Matt's really kind of growing on me. Um, so those two have kind of switched in my eyes. Uh, I'm still kind of pulling for Cameron just because, like. He was just kind of, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't exactly know what he did to piss everybody off, but he just kind of became like public enemy number one. And like, he just keeps winning. 
Um, you know, so I, I don't, I don't know how long he lasts, uh, but I've been kind of pulling for him, but I agree with you. I think that Matt and Jag pairing um, is, is dangerous. I think they are friends with everyone. Um, I think they're safe for a while, even if somebody like uh, Corey or America takes power next week, I, I don't think they're going to go after them. Uh, they're going to target, you know, somebody like Cameron first and Sari. And, and so like, I just, Matt and Jagger, I think, in a pretty good spot right now. And I think they can both start winning some competitions here down the stretch if they have to. Yeah, the, I think the only uh, thing I see that could go wrong for Matt is if it comes down, you get to final three, I I can totally see Jag backstabbing Matt. To, uh, you know, if there's a – maybe oh, it's Sari sure. or it's, you know, whoever is kind of that floater that sometimes gets there. I, I see Jag Bowie. Bowie. Certainly could be Bowie. I see Jag taking Bowie to better his chances of winning. Yeah. And I think Matt would do the loyal thing. And I think he Right. Which I don't know is the right move in terms of gameplay, but uh I I think that could even lead to his own demise and maybe lose like a five four vote or something that way. Yeah. It's hard to really know um if you've screwed up until the very end. Yeah. You know. I mean, in those situations where you make that call and you just don't know, you know, they've had many of those in the past where, you know, there's an obvious choice who's played the better game. I mean, Paul comes to mind, both of his seasons, you know, clearly played the better game both times, but at the end of the day, like had poor jury management. And so like, you just don't know, you don't know how are, is it, are they going to be bitter jurors? Are they, you know, are they going to, allow the gameplay to be the gameplay uh you, you just you just don't know um but yeah I, I like matt at this point um there's nobody in the house that i strongly dislike to be honest with you um i i yeah, really I agree i don't love any of them but i also don't really hate them you know as i said Corey's kind of starting to fall off with me but even him i i still you know kind of like him part to an extent but whatever um yeah, so episode that episode last night that I will watch tonight, and then the the eviction episode on Thursday. I assume we'll have a double eviction coming up here in the next couple of weeks too. I haven't done them. Let's see. There's about a month left. There's how many people left? Eight or nine people left in the house? I think nine because they're doing a seven person jury. So we still got a few more weeks here uh, before this whole thing plays out. But we'll talk about it uh, a month from now when we do our next episode. It'll probably be down to five or so people left at that point. But how about Ahsoka? We're going to move to uh, the Star Wars universe and close out uh, the the Star Wars chapter of the current Disney Plus thing. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about – and we've talked about this before. Uh, you are a bigger Star Wars guy. You're more familiar with – with the the animated shows, the you know rebels and all these things that the Ahsoka character and all those characters, where that comes from. I am not one of those people. I am not familiar with any of that. I haven't seen any of those shows, so all of these characters for me are new. I was familiar enough with Ahsoka. Um, you know, she had popped up in the Mandalorian, like I knew of her, uh, but that was really about it. So you know, we've talked about this before. You asked me you know a few weeks ago you know a couple months ago whenever it was my my thoughts on it as somebody that's unfamiliar with it uh and i enjoyed it for the most part i really did um 
I'm curious though, as a you know bigger fan of the of the animated stuff and where this based off of, what were your thoughts on Ahsoka? Yeah, so my my initial thought is kind of picking back on what you just said was I don't understand how anybody that didn't see Rebels would would feel about this show, like feel positively because it just it it truly felt like this is the final chapter or an extended chapter and addition of, of rebels. Cause the season or the series finale of that show is Ezra Bridger disappearing with Thrawn kind of saving, getting him out of the galaxy and sacrificing himself and the group that's left kind of rallying that we're going to find him. And Ahsoka wasn't really in that group. She kind of was a, an auxiliary piece as they cross paths every once in a while. And, you know, for half a season, she was a part of the group and then went off and did her own thing again. And, and some other confusing spoilery story things that occurred. Um, But for me, it was so much nostalgia of watching kind of rebels in live action. And it's, it's not a redo. It's a, a continuation is where I found the most joy in watching it. Um, and so I'm pleased to hear someone that, you know, didn't watch those had a positive thing too. But for me, it was like, how do they, how do they have anything invested in this, that this saving Ezra and seeing Ezra again is so exciting when you didn't have the departure of them, you know? Um, yeah, but it was a good, very different viewing experience for me. Uh, but I, I was just kind of able to watch it with an open mind um just somebody that was unfamiliar with it um but i yeah i i get it and yeah it was it was not um i just kind of had this i'm just at this weird relationship period with star wars <laughs> um i don't know if i told you this or not um and i'm going to get into some of this on my other podcast um there's a there's a second part to this that I will talk with about that. I'll talk to Craig about next week when I do that show with him. Uh, but yeah, that's the, there's a sports side, but the okay. other side is that um, I'm kind of over trying to pretend to care about star Wars. I think that's my greatest takeaway. I didn't dislike Ahsoka. I enjoyed it. Um, but I, as we've addressed, I don't know what's going on. I don't know these characters. I hadn't, been familiar with it um you know my relationship with star wars is i grew up watching the originals i grew up with the prequels i enjoyed the sequel trilogy for the most part super excited about mandalorian really enjoyed the first couple seasons of mandalorian other than that i just i just don't care i just don't and i don't want to i i just don't want to pretend anymore i just don't want to pretend anymore (laughs) Yeah, and so, uh, that's that's the truth of it. Yeah, I totally get that, and I I am a um, to to, to a fault. I, I get like loyal to these things, and like even when they're bad, like I still show up. Yeah, no, I, the X Men probably did it to me the worst, and I still keep going back. And I I would if they continued making the weird Deadpool that we saw in Wolverine Origins, I'd probably show up for that. Um, it's a very toxic relationship I have sometimes with these shows, but, uh, you know, I, I thought 
for for me, I I liked there there were there's always some like fan service stuff that wasn't there. So I talked about the original Rebels team. Um, there was one Zeb who was in an episode of The Mandalorian, kind of as a background character. So we we got a tease of him in that, like setting up Ahsoka, but then he doesn't show up for for this. And, and maybe there's a season two of Ahsoka where they're going to get the whole gang back together. But um, there was that, and then uh, Kanan who. Um, played by Freddie Prince Jr. looks just like the character, so perfect opportunity to get him in that role. Um, was kind of looking for that, didn't get that. Again, maybe a season two of Ahsoka. I think they certainly left it open enough that if there's not in a a movie tie-in of some sort, though, there could be a um a season two. But um. Thought thought the acting was good. Thought the the lightsaber fights were fun. The the special effects, the starship battles, all those things, all the Star Warsy things, they continued to do well. I thought it was great. I just it didn't. And again, I have a different perspective than someone like you. I don't understand how you you liked it at all. <laughs> I mean, it was it was done well, and I'll give them that. But like, yeah. it, it was it'd be like watching the return of the Jedi without watching any star Wars before that. Like there's just context missing and that you don't know. How yeah. can you No, it's so no, anyway. you're right. And there, there definitely was a lot of that. I, I think that with all of their, um, with all the problems that they've had, um, with all of the negatives that have been, um, all of the negative things that have been, the negative light that has been shined on the Star Wars universe, on the TV shows, the thing that they continuously do well are the technical side. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I don't think Marvel is doing very, very well. I think Star Wars has hit, has nailed the technical stuff time out, time and time again. I think from, from Mando on, I think they have done well with that. And that this is another example of that. I think the choreography was great. I thought the fights were great. Uh, I thought the performances were great. I love that we have that we actually have an official first couple of Star Wars now uh, with both Ewan McGregor and Mary Elizabeth Winstead in the universe. Um, I love that. Um, I enjoyed it. I just can't. I just couldn't follow it sure. to the same degree because as we talked about, I just don't have the background of it. Uh, but I think I'm ready to officially declare that I'm just not going to pretend to care about star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be there whenever, you know, Taika Waititi has a star Wars movie six years from now um, or whoever it is, uh, is the, is the flavor of the week. Um, but, and I'll, I'll watch some of the shows. I'm just, just not gonna worry about it. There's yeah. too much other stuff going on in my life. There's too much other content, um, you know. And we can talk about the Star Wars or the Marvel side of this next. Uh, I'm not to the same level with Marvel, but I'm 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 slow slowly getting there. Sure. Um, but I don't think I'm alone there as well. Um, overall, I thought Ahsoka was fine, but again, kind of hard for me to totally follow it because i don't know what's going on yeah so so two things i want to say about ahsoka real quick one uh, and yes. my, my buddy randy labine told me this because we were having he's he's a way bigger star wars nerd than i'll ever be um, and i say that in a loving way 
Um, but I was kind of chatting with him that Ahsoka wasn't really a Ahsoka show. Like it felt like it was kind of misleading that it's called Ahsoka, Correct. but it's not a Ahsoka show. And he said, yeah, well, Ahsoka is Sabine's show, just like the Mandalorian is Grogu's show. And the book of Boba Fett was the Mandalorian, uh, Din Djarin's show. And yep. there's kind of this pattern of that continuing, which when you, when you look at it, from I don't know lens, why that is. Yeah. I, I think but it's yes, funny. You're, you're correct. It's a funny pattern. That's, that's, oh, and you know, the Mandalorian, I think that one maybe is a more of a stretch cause it's very much him and Grogu together, but the other two I thought were spot on. Um, and I think kind of going off what you said about you as a casual fan kind of falling out of star Wars. And I think that's totally Okay. I almost wonder if that's not the direction that they're kind of going with some of these shows though, is that it's not necessarily meant for the casual fan. This is for those fanboys that watch the clone wars animated. They watched the, yeah. the rebels. They, they, you know, they've, they're going to keep continuing to show up for these things. And maybe you, you get a fan along the way that their first exposure is in Ahsoka and they like the character and think it's cool. And I think that's okay. And I think so much of, comic book and star Wars and those kind of things being ingrained in pop culture for a long time. It was like the nerd thing. And then it's like, Oh, now it, now it is all of pop culture. And it sort of feels like it's tipping back the other way where there's some of us that are like, yeah, I I'm going to live and breathe X-Men and Avengers and justice league till the day I die, whether it's good, bad or in between. And there's others that are like, you know what? This is kind of a phase for me. I'm going to morph out of that. And now I'm going to go into whatever's next in, in my pop culture. Um, and I think both are okay. It's just kind of interesting to, to see it and sort of feel it that, Hey, this isn't not everyone has to be super, super into this one thing together. There can be levels to it. So I have two, two reactions, two responses to what you just said. Okay. I, I do think to an extent you're right. Um, and it makes a lot of sense because that's also kind of the same approach they had when they created the Star Cruiser Hotel <laughs> in Orlando at Walt Disney World. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with that side of it, but they built this monstrosity of a quote unquote resort on Disney property that was priced out of anybody. Every, nearly everybody's wallet um but it was it was built and designed specifically for the diehard star wars fans so like it was such a niche thing where you had to be a super diehard fan and have the deep pockets to be able to afford going on that on that experience so that does kind of match up with what you just said about how they're making stuff for the diehard fans. And that that's fine. I don't disagree with you. That That is certainly... Now, should they have invested all that money into this hotel? I, that's a different story. But it, it plays off the same thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. However, and this is something that I have talked about before on other shows. And it's starting to kind of change a little bit now. But when it comes to... Sh- streaming disney plus needs star wars and marvel in order to keep people coming back to their streaming service yeah and disney plus i I, this is the example i've used in the past 
and I'll say it again. Disney wants a Stranger Things just as bad as Netflix wants a Marvel or a Star Wars property. Disney needs things that aren't Star Wars and Marvel. They they need a hit. They need something to happen so that people are they have something else to produce to put on their streaming service other than those two primary properties. So what you're saying, I do agree with. There is, it is perfectly fine for them to have the niche things for the niche audience, but at the same time, they need to be bringing in people on a regular basis. And if that is your crowd for your big release is just the niche diehard fans. That's a problem because they don't have the other things that are bringing people to the streaming service. Now, things have changed since the last time that I've had this discussion with somebody on a podcast. The thing, everything, it's literally today, there was a big report that came out about how the Marvel stuff specifically is going to be changing. Yeah. So the approach for the streaming service is going to be changing now because everything, the, the prices are changing, the ads, and it's a whole different landscape. But I think at its core, the same is still true. Where Disney, as a company, needs big tentpole properties to bring people to their streaming service. That's ultimately what they need. So they can't be producing so much super niche Star Wars fanboy stuff if they're actually trying to bring a mass crowd to the streams. Yeah, I, that I, think, sense? I think you're absolutely right. Um, going back to the hotel thing, the number one thing they should have they should have planned out. Was that look at every nerd just Windows. walk into one person's one nerd's house and you'll see the Funko Pops and the autographs and the toys and the Legos and no these don't people don't have any money they've spent it all on our stupid you know little knickknacks and and collectibles they're not gonna be able to afford this hotel and I classify myself in that situation as I look at a sea of Marvel Funkos behind this monitor right now and yeah but uh. Back to the your your comment about Disney Plus and, and Netflix, it, it seems like they've sort of tried to do that a couple times with some series, still banking off of nostalgia, but they keep kind of failing. Um, the mighty right. no, the, they, the mighty yeah, ducks, um, game changers was one. There was the spinoff of the National Treasure movies. You know, there was some some stuff there. We the game changers, my wife and I loved and were. We're ticked off when we heard there wasn't a season three, but I think we were probably the only What's two game changers. The uh, Mighty Ducks, I think it was Game Changers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I watched the first season of that. Okay, but we really enjoyed it. Emilio Estevez, come, you know, getting that nostalgic yeah, no, they've, touch, but they don't yeah, commit to anything long term either. If it's not an instant hit, they scrap it and get rid of it. And yeah, they. Disney Plus, since its launch in 2019, has yet to really have a breakthrough hit that wasn't associated with Marvel or Star Wars. Yeah. And even the Marvel and Star Wars stuff have been very hit or miss. <clears throat> like uh, WandaVision, Loki, Mandalorian Season 1, like right out the gate. Like those were three, the probably the best three singular things they've done on Disney Plus. And those all came out before the end of 2021 or 2020 20, whatever year it was 2021 i guess um i think they they all mandalorian came out mandalorian came out shortly after the launch which was in 2019 
WandaVision and Loki did not come out until 2021. Either way, regardless, there's like three of the first things they've done. Yeah. And those are three of the best things they've done. Everything else, quite honestly, for the most part, has not been good. So they have not had, they just haven't had anything break through. And everything that they've tried, they have considered a failure and they've already removed from the streaming service. They tried Willow. They tried, as you talked about, the Mighty Ducks thing. They've tried other things that were IP related, non-IP related. None of it's worked. Uh, that's a different conversation for a different day. Sure. They are already starting to shift this thing. I, I just, I don't know how long this current streaming model that we've seen the last couple of years exists. I think it's going to change within the next couple of years. Uh, but I just think it's interesting because they need to be bringing in mass audiences. That's the whole point of it. So I don't think that they can be having their big tentpole Star Wars release to be catering specifically to the fanboys. That's all I'm gonna say. Do you think we'll see some? Uh, do you think real quick? Do you think we'll see? There's a quick yes, no. I don't have to dive into it. Do you think we'll see some of them start merging together? Yes. Yes, I think uh, Disney Plus and Hulu will be one. Um, service um, by the time, so not to get too inside baseball, but uh, Disney as of by like 2025 or something has to have purchased all of Hulu from NBC. It's a long thing. I don't, it, nobody cares, uh, but that's going to be a thing. So I think that eventually um disney plus and hulu will be one thing how they do it i don't know um i could see some of the others merging too but the problem is that they're all owned by the big the the big networks the big companies i mean is paramount global gonna merge their streaming service with universal's streaming service peacock i i don't know like i like, it makes sense from a content standpoint but are you know those two big companies gonna start merging their stuff i i don't know i i the, the future of the streaming thing is, I think, is going to be a little crazy. Um, but again, it's kind of been crazy now. So uh, I don't know what it's going to look like three years from now. I think it'll look very different than what it looked like in 2021 when everything really kind of started. Um, but yes, the answer to your question is yes. I do think they will be – a lot of these services will somehow start merging um, more so even though they already have. Yeah, I had uh, seen something. I think it was one of the Batman shows. Where I think uh, like WB made it, but instead of uh, it was back in like the nineties, yep. like instead of showing it on WB, they would sell it to Fox, and they could make more right. money there. So is there a world where? Well, they just did that. They they literally just I thought that's what you were talking about. There there's a Batman Christmas animated thing that Warner Brothers had made for HBO Max, and HBO Max decided they didn't they didn't want to put it on there. Um, Amazon bought it. Okay. And it's going to go on Prime. It's a Batman Christmas, animated Batman Christmas special or something. I don't know what it is, but it's, it was purchased by Prime. So yes, I think we're going to be start seeing more of that too. Like when all these things started, like it was all, we're really getting off of, I think our itinerary, (laughs) but uh, that's okay. When all this started, it was all a competition to take the business away from Netflix. So Netflix came out and they were a DVD service, and then they were they streaming. Like, what is streaming? Well, now we can stream everything. So they had, you know, they had all the Marvel movies, and they had The Office, and they had Friends, and like they were making a butt ton of money because everybody was going to them because they were the only game in town. Sure. <laughs> like Hulu was a thing, but Hulu was 
mainly there for like next day viewing. Like I remember when I started watching Hulu, it was so I could watch 24 the day after it aired in college. Yep. Like that's why I had 24 or who that's why I had Hulu. That's what it was when it started. So Netflix for lack of a better, they, there just wasn't no competition. So then everybody got smart and Disney said, why will, why do we want to let, let you, you know, licensed Marvel movies where we can have our own streaming service and make people come to us. And NBC got smart and said, we're going to take the office back and put it on our streaming service. And, and Warner Brothers is going to take friends and put it on their streaming service. So then Netflix is forced to go all in on original content and whatever licensing things they could pull in, they were able to get Sony and all that stuff. Um, but yes, I think we're going to start seeing more licensing stuff happening. That's what's our, I think that's part of why Disney and Max have already started to pull some of these things from their services, like the Mighty Duck show, like like Willow. And, you know, a year from now, they can license that to somebody else yeah. and, you know, make money off of it and let somebody else pay the royalties. So, um, yeah, I think that's what we're getting to. I think we're going to see merging. I think we're going to see licensing. I think we're going to see people pulling from other services. It's going to be a different whole different landscape um three years from now than what it is now i don't even know why we got started on this subject uh we haven't even talked about loki yeah um <laughs> it's all speaking of streaming services yeah uh let's talk about loki season one aired last or episode one of season two started last week aired last wednesday wednesday thursday i again i don't know what day <laughs> i just know it's we're one episode in episode two will air this week sometime um, this is obviously the second season of the Loki show. The first season dropped in 2021. I think it was the second show Marvel dropped on Disney plus, um, to this day, I say it's the first or second best thing they'd done on Disney plus. Um, and we got first episode of season two. And so far, in my opinion, so good. I mean, I think it, I think it looks just. Like, it's going to be just as good as the first season. We're getting all these same characters back. Granted, we haven't seen a lot of them yet. We've only really hung out with, with Loki and Mo Mobius. We did meet um, uh, Kiki Kwan's character, OB, um, who I'm excited that we're going to get more of. I really like the, uh, what they call it, the Kwanessance um, that we're experiencing from, from Kiki Kwan. Um so yeah, I I really enjoyed episode one. Um, I'm assuming you watched. I did. Okay. What are your thoughts? I what I appreciate. No, I enjoyed it. Oh. What I appreciate the most, and we talked about this last time, is if you only watched Loki and you got ready for season two of Loki, you're in you're in great shape. You didn't have yep. to watch Quantumania. You didn't have to watch whatever else happened yet. <laughs> yeah but at, at least in the first episode like it picked up right where season one left off immediately where it left off and and so i did appreciate that i loved ob i loved the the time hopping of it um and you know don't it's episode one so we don't want to you know spoil anything but um thought thought it, yeah it was done well the after credit scene um or mid credits or whatever it was um did you did you stick around for that Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. I did. I, mean, I didn't even think about yeah. it. So the, the Mickey D's McDonald's. piece, right, you know, near and dear to my heart. Um, we did a promotion over the summer that kind of set up 
um, this Loki show happening with the as featured in meal. And so was excited to at least start, you know, hasn't come to full fruition yet, but to start to see, Oh, Hey, they're in a Mickey D's. That's kind of cool. So, uh, thought that was neat. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm excited to watch more of this. Uh, again, I, I really enjoy these characters. As you said, it, it's nice that it just picks up after season one. Uh, I, I alluded to it earlier. There was an article in, I remember it was Hollywood Reporter, Variety. Somebody had it today. It was mainly about the Daredevil show. I don't know if you read this or saw this. Uh, but the article is about the Daredevil Born Again show that they're supposed to be working on now. That's supposed to come out next year or something. Basically, the story says that they are scrapping just about everything they've done. Uh, everything they've shot, everything they've written. They are not happy with it. Um, and they are changing. It was in the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it's a good article. You can go back and read it. Um, it's a lot of information on some of this stuff. But as I said, mainly it's about Daredevil and how they're about to change everything. But the the bigger takeaway from the grand scheme of things is that it says that Marvel is going to backtrack from the strategy they've had, which has been every show that they've released on Disney Plus has been essentially a mini series. And a miniseries that essentially takes the place of a TV of a movie. So, you know, Hawkeye was a four episode. It was a movie broke up into four episodes. Right. And WandaVision was a movie broke up into six episodes. Like, that's how it is. Sounds like now their strategy is to change it up so that they're actually series like Loki is like when Loki started, it was envisioned to be multiple seasons. Yeah. Um, that was not the case for literally any other show they've done. Every show was treated like a movie where it leads into something else. Um, it sounds like they are going to be changing up their strategy. So we might see more of these things where season one leads into season two and not into whatever movie is coming up, you know, three years from now. Um, We'll see what changes. I, I don't know. Uh, Marvel is kind of their own worst enemy at this point um, when it comes to the monster they've created. Um, unfortunately, it's just it's just the beast that they that they have, that they are, um, that that's kind of how everything has been. But I do enjoy that that's how the show has been. Um, and I do think that at some point later on, you're going to have to probably have seen ant-man and the wasp quantum mania as bad as it was uh because um kang the conqueror is a very big part of that movie and will be a very big part of the show so uh all jonathan major's drama aside um yeah i think that that's probably going to be required viewing at some point but so far we haven't seen it so yeah well and to kind of go off your tangent there about the the series and the um, more being a mini series and a TV show, they they had it before. They did it with Agents of Shield, and it wasn't the most critically acclaimed show. It wasn't you know the highest ratings, but I loved it as a as a superhero fan. There were enough little nuggets of characters that you knew of, but they weren't necessarily prime time like you know Deathlock and Hydra agents and and Quake and these characters that you know not everybody knows but you could kind of learn about and and there were things that sort of tied into the show but it you know it was cleaning up the aftermath of thor and they still went on their own adventure it just they're in a world where thor 
the dark world screwed up London and these guys had to go and help clean it up and investigate a, a ripple effect that happened because of it. I think shows like that would still work if, you know, I don't have to see the movie, but if I did, I kind of get a little extra Easter egg. I kind of get an extra little something for being that fan that saw it. And I kind of get, Oh, I, Hey, I see what they did there. Little friendly nods to things instead of, Oh, you had to know it to have any idea what the heck's going on. So I think they can kind of go back to that model. I think it would do well. I I agree. Um, and I think the other thing here that we I can mention is that Marvel has, for the last 10 years, operated differently than other film franchises. I've always kind of viewed as, viewed the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a TV show in itself. And I say that because TV shows have showrunners and then they have directors that come in and direct some episodes here and there. But at the end of the day, all the control belongs to the showrunner. Yeah. That's not how most franchises and all this stuff, but that's how Marvel operates. Kevin Feige is the showrunner. They bring in different directors to, you know, direct the individual works. But at the end of the day, it's Kevin Feige's vision. Yeah. It's it's everything that he has ultimately put together for this. So when they started doing the TV shows, they were the same thing. It was there was no true showrunner. Feige was the showrunner. They brought in other writers and directors to, you know, do each episode or do each show. But at the end of the day, it was ultimately his vision. And it sounds like they're going to go away from that. And I don't know if that's for better or for worse. I, I I think they should have. I think Kevin Feige should have just stopped after Endgame and said, I'm going to go do something else because um, I think this is all just going to backfire. Um, but from from what I read in that article today, it sounds like they're going to be changing a lot of their of their plan, uh, which is probably for the better as a um, content machine. Um, as Disney needs and wants them to be, um, they probably need to be caring less and less about the overall story and more and more about how can we make each of these individual parts uh, more successful. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you do at the end of the day. I, I don't know how you tie it all together. I don't know what makes the most sense. Um, part of me just kind of wants them to go back to the movies being movies and the TV shows being TV shows. And maybe there's some cross, maybe, maybe, and you brought up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe you do it like that. Um, but, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was like, and I didn't watch it, but I, I'm familiar enough with it. Like, it played in the same sandbox as the MCU, but the MCU didn't really play in its sandbox. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, they were kind of following what the MCU did, uh, but the, the MCU never referenced them. But maybe you could do it like that but maybe be a little bit more in conjunction with one another. Um, I don't know. Again, you kind of already alluded to that, but like, I'm just kind of thinking this whole thing through, like, what can you do? How do you make this work? Um, some, pro some things I, in my opinion, just don't belong on the TV show. I just don't think some of these characters, some of these things, like I get why they did it. You know, Disney wanted to, you know, up the ante on this new streaming service. They had launched, uh, got a, you know, got a, 
make the investors happy. You got to get the subscriber count up. Now we've got the subscriber count up. Now we have to start making more money. So now we're going to charge $30 a month uh, to watch our, to watch our shows. Uh, it's all changing. Um, and Marvel's just a big part of it because unfortunately they are the biggest cash cow for um, the entertainment branch of the company. Sure. So um, I don't know. I've enjoyed the first episode of Loki. I'm excited to watch episode two and all the episodes to follow. As I said, it's season one is one of the best things Marvel has done <laughs> since Endgame is season one of Loki. So very excited to continue on with that world um, and see and Sarah, see where it goes from there. Um, yeah. How many episodes for season two are planned out? I feel like it's six. Okay. I think everything's been about six. Uh, but I I don't remember Loki season two. Um, I don't know. I think it's six. All right. Any other movies? So, I don't know. Shows you've watched recently that. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Um, not really. I mean, the only TV show, Only Murders in the Building, finished up season three of that. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows on TV. Finally got back to the theater a couple weeks ago. I saw two movies. I can't even remember what they were. <laughs> I saw The Creator. Okay. The uh, John David Washington-led uh, Gareth Edwards sci-fi uh, drama action movie. Uh, for an original sci-fi movie with a probably relatively low budget, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Uh, oh, Dumb Money, the uh, the the GameStop, oh, okay. um, the story about the GameStop stuff. Huge cast: Paul Dano, uh, Pete Davidson, Seth Rogen, Nick Offerman. Uh, America America Ferrera is having a year. Um, she is just she's she's everywhere. Uh, she's great. Um. Yeah, it's really good too. I really enjoy both of those movies. Um, I enjoy the creator a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, and Dumb Money is just, it's a real fun movie too. Started to watch The Machine uh, last night on the plane. Okay. Uh, did not finish it. Had nothing to do with the movie itself. Having some issues with some of my technology. Uh, so I just decided I would just finish it later. Uh, got, got some good laughs out of that. Um, but I have not uh, finished it. Trying to think what else I've, uh, have I watched. It was a slow couple months for me at the movies. Um, finally just starting to pick up again. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. How about you? Uh, finally watched Ninja Turtles, uh, Mutant Mayhem. Loved it. Yeah? What would you think? I absolutely yes. loved it. Um, yeah. as, a, as a Turtles fan, one, I loved that it's a Ninja Turtle movie without Shredder. It, that's always like it's yep. you know like it's like the first Superman without Lex Luthor, um, so I loved they went that way. I love the voice cast. Jackie Chan as Splinter was probably my favorite casting of all of them, but um, some very, really fun ones. Um, I loved seeing you know such a huge array of some of their villains that they've matched up: uh, Bebop and Rap- Rocksteady, Superfly. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on some of the other ones, but just. I thought that was really fun. Thought it visually looked good, looked cool, um, and I loved so many pop culture references and stuff. You, I think you alluded to that t- last episode, uh, um, kind of like the boys do with uh, the other Seth Rogen project. But I really enjoyed that. Um, and then 
the after party season two on uh, mm. Apple TV. That was one of our favorite shows. It kind of surprised us with season one. Um, another fun murder mystery. Um, very silly. Did you watch? Have you watched that one? I've not watched it. I the first season kind of came and went, and I, it's one that I wanted to watch, but I'm just so bad with TV. Sure, like it's just it's just really bad. What I um, what I've, I've heard, it's good. It's it it's something I wanted to watch. What I like about it is each episode is each episode is someone's telling of what happened, but also like stylistically okay. they kind of change it. So one character, it, it's a kind of a noir look to it. The next one might be animated because this character is really silly and goofy. And then the next one is a musical type style of something because this particular character is very rambunctious and eccentric and each episode's style kind of fits the character too. Um, There was one that was kind of a, a Wes Anderson type of feel, but the character was very, you know, kind of dry humor type of character. So, um, d- different, and, and Tiffany Haddish is in that, and I she's one of my favorite people right now. Just I always love some of the goofy stuff she's in. Um, and then kind of getting into, I don't watch a ton of horror movies, but this time of year, it's kind of where I'll pop one in, and maybe one I have an older one I haven't seen or something I haven't watched in a while. Um, but kind of getting into that now. Started watching. Um, American Werewolf in London, which was made before we were even born. I hadn't seen that one before. I'm about halfway through it, but I I was enjoying it. And then I noticed my almost two year old son was in the room and like staring at something that was kind of gruesome and like couldn't take his eyes off it. Like, oh, it's probably a bad parenting moment. We're gonna go back to Miss Rachel, um, and I'll finish this later when he's asleep. And I haven't got to that yet, but um, but kind of segueing into our finale, um conversation for the night halloween time october we get into that are you a horror movie fan no okay not really um i i just me and halloween just don't really like you're so team christmas you can't even i'm a christmas guy like (laughs) my christmas lights will be up um and i will turn them on at midnight on November 1st. Um, that's who I am. Okay. Um, when it comes to like horror movies and scary movies, like I see the ones that I need to see, but I'm not going out of my way to watch every horror movie that comes out. I'm not going to go. I don't need to go see the exorcist. Sure. Um, like there are certain ones that come out. I'm like, okay, that's one that I have to see. And I will, I will force myself to sit through it. Um, but I'm just, I've never been big into Halloween, scary stuff. Like there are a few exceptions. Like we, you know, you put in our little rundown, like a few franchises and things. I do have a couple. I don't know that I could necessarily do a top five. Okay. Um, but there's definitely a few that, that are in there for me. Um, but, uh, it's just not been, it's just not been a huge thing for me. I just, I just avoid it. I just, I just do. Okay. I just do. Do you like? Are are you big into them? I sort of, kind of. It de- it depends. I I tend to I, I kind of categorize them. So like, I love I like the monster type horror movies. I love Cloverfield. I love A Quiet Place. Like those yeah. that are in the horror. Yeah, those, al- I I agree with that. But also like aren't like super 
like chance it's going to happen where I'm going to have to like think about it next time I, you know, walk outside and it's dark out. I don't have to worry about a giant monster, but something like paranormal activity, my friends drug me to those in high school and like, Oh, my friends are going, I'm going to go. And I don't sleep for a week because the floor creaked. And I thought there was a ghost in the house. So, and, and funny story. So I found something, my, my friend, Nick Rossi, um, pointed something out to me. I don't remember which paranormal activity it is, uh, but we were at one. I think there were like three or four of us, and I'm on the aisle seat, and he's next to me. And I find out when I'm scared, I just start rambling. And I start you know, trying to pretend I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'm picking apart the show like it's Mystery Science Theater. And he's like, dude, shut up. Like, <laughs> I get you're scared, and that's why you're talking so much, but turn it down a little bit. I was like, oh, I didn't realize I do that. Um, I do that a lot when I'm scared. But um, that being said, the Saw movies, as gruesome, I've watched every one once. I don't know that I've ever watched any of them a second time. But I I like Jigsaw as a character, kind of that, like a really demented Robin Hood type where he's doing what he thinks is good, but it's also very evil and messed up. I like those types of yeah. characters and dilemma. If there was like a PG-13 version of Saw, they'd probably be my favorite movies ever. They probably also wouldn't work. Um, but because the, yeah, the, the gore in those are a lot to take. Um, and then, you know, what I like about the genre too is like there's that tie like with other, not always like like Zom- Zombieland is a perfect example. If it's a horror movie, but it's also very funny and lots of comedy in right. it. So I, I tend to like those. Um, my wife loves Nightmare Before Christmas, um, which we debate. Is it a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? We eventually compromised. And you can start it October 1st and watch it to the end of the year. Is it acceptable Correct. time frame? So um, Hotel Transylvania is another one that kind of in that, not horror, but Halloween themed. Um, we love those. So we tend to watch those a little bit more this time of year too. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. I mean, we'll have some Halloween movies around. I mean, Hocus Pocus is always played sure. in the house. Um, we'll always watch that one. Um, Halloween town. Okay. Uh, the, the Disney channel original movies. School. Uh, there's a few of those. Uh, those get played Beetlejuice, Casper, you know, those type of movies as far as like, the, as far as like the horror goes, like my favorite horror franchise is scream. It's really the only horror franchise that I have, watched every movie multiple times um i it's you know there's there's a comedy aspect to that too which is like that's part of why it is Uh for me um but that's easily easily like my top like in terms of horror franchise it'd definitely be that one uh i too saw this first several paranormal activities um in the theater um i (laughs) so i i grew up in a house we just we didn't watch horror movies. Like it just wasn't a thing. Sure. Like when we were kids, like we just didn't. So there was gotten to that phase in like high school, early on in college where like, that's what a bunch of my friends were doing. So like haunted houses and horror movies and all these things. So there was like three or four of us that went to go see paranormal activity. Probably the first one. I don't remember the timing of it, but as you know, like I'm a couple years younger than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was me and, you know, three or four of my friends, you know, my age. And then my, middle cameron my younger brother who's three years younger than me and i don't remember who his friends wanted to tag along with us 
Um, Cameron still hates me to this day <laughs> for letting him go to, cause I mean, I was probably, you know, 18 when that first, I don't know when the first one came out. Um, uh, but like Cameron was like significantly even younger than I was. And again, none of us are horror movie people. Uh, but like, he's still like, he'll bring that up from time to time. He's like, you, you really brought me to paranormal activity. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and I remember seeing, I think it was the second one. Uh, I want to look at the um, the timeline on these movies because I think I saw the second one when I was in college because I remember sitting right behind the Southern Illinois men's basketball team. Okay. And like I was in like one of the first few rows, like they were all in front of me. And of course, they're all like, you know, six, five, six, 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 seven, uh-huh. and screaming and the whole time. Like that was an experience. I remember that. Um, but those movies are fun. Like they're not my favorite. I haven't gone back and revisited any of them. Um, but they're, they are ones that I, I definitely saw most of them in the theater. Um, when they came out, let's see, the first one came out in 2007. So yeah, I was still in high school when that first one came out the sec or no, 2009, 2009. So yes, that was when I was in, I must've just graduated. So I saw it probably at Chris Halloween time at home. And then I remember seeing like the second or third one in college um but yeah so that would be up there for me too uh the halloween movies i mean it's pretty cliche like, i haven't seen all of them uh but you know like the, the obviously the first one and some of the newer ones i've seen and you know those are fine um they're not uh, the jordan peele movies are kind of horror they're more like thriller yeah but like get out is phenomenal um us is good nope is not really horror it's, i mean it's closer to thriller but it's really good too but so yeah that's kind of kind of where i'm at we're kind of on the same page a little bit um from what i gather so when it comes to these things so i have a friend i won't name drop but she was at i don't remember if it was paranormal activity two or three but there is a scene with teddy ruxpin in the background and the teddy ruxpin like starts moving and kind of turns to this day that friend is terrified of teddy ruxpin she sees one in a store or anywhere else. Like it just immediately that that toy is demented and something wrong with it. Don't not letting one in my house. So, yep. So I always chuckle when yep. I see one of those out in the wild that uh, it would totally freak out my friend. <laughs> yep, that's what those movies do to you. So, all right, we've been on here for a little while. I think we should probably. Uh, close this thing down anything else that you want to talk about rob no anything i just we need to let the people know about uh you want to remind the people again where you're going to be at coming up here uh with super penguin yeah so um this weekend sunday october 15th i'll be in bloomington indiana for the indiana toy and comic expo and then november 4th and 5th i'll be in effingham for effing con great name <laughs> effing con that's awesome. All right, we're going to shut it down. Uh, he's Rob Witzel. I'm Logan Lee. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again uh, next month for a November version of this. Um, I'll be able to talk about a few more movies. Pretty excited to see uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. I uh, got my tickets for that for, I think, next week. Um, so that and a few others I'll have plenty to talk about, plus Big Brother and Loki will be – maybe over by the time we record, but we might have another episode or two, but either way, we'll talk about all that stuff uh, coming up sometime in November. So until then, he's Rob. I'm Logan. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. All right. See ya.